Support for this podcast comes from Staffing Future. Nowadays, your recruitment website needs to do more than just validate your business. Websites are your digital front door, where new clients and great talent should come knocking. So do you want your recruitment website to stand out from the crowd, generate new business leads and placement revenue? If that's a yes, then talk to Staffing Future, the recruitment website and technology experts. Get a free website and technology stack review and competitor analysis today. Just visit staffingfuture.com slash rules. What great ideas are so close within your grasp? Seeing other points of view, anticipating change, considering multiple possible turnouts, acknowledging uncertainty, searching for compromise. We're going to talk about how to get over those limiters of innovation so that you can extract better thinking from yourself and your team. So let's talk about how to win the future. This is the Marketing Rules Podcast. Do you know the new rules of marketing? Here is your host, James Whitelock. Welcome back. It's been a difficult time for recruitment marketeers, with many being furloughed, then redundant. But today's guest has proven that being niche means always being needed. So my guest this week is Chris Simsek, a recruitment marketing specialist in the aviation sector. In between the time of first talking to Chris and recording this podcast, he was actually made redundant. So we discussed this and his thoughts on recruitment marketing in general. Welcome back, everybody, to the Marketing Rules podcast. And I am joined today by Chris Simsek, uh, a marketing guru, if anybody knows him. Uh, but I tell you what, I'm going to let Chris, one, thank you for joining me today. And two, if no one has kind of met you or kind of uh, aware of, the, of your work, maybe it's worth going to giving people a quick kind of a uh, little bit of a background about yourself. Yeah, so uh, well, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, I've listened to quite a few now. Um, they've been quite handy on my commutes <laughs> into work over the last couple of months. So I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. But um, yeah, so I've uh, been in the sort of the sales and marketing sphere on a senior level now for well over a decade. Um, and currently I'm working within the aviation sphere. So quite hardly impacted. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of what I've been involved in is taking what I call startup marketing departments, um, elements, and taking them into a mature state to allow companies to see benefit from their marketing rather than just generic, you know, posts on social media to try and up your your likes and your, you know, your followers. But yeah, that's me in a nutshell, really. I've driven um, my previous companies into, into some growth, delivering positive revenue returns as well for marketing, which is you know, always good to see but also um, looking at new practices and ways of delivering marketing, because I think that's massively changed in the last decade. Um, so that kind of like uh, marketing startup philosophy, is that you coming on board as a sole marketeer within a department and growing that department? Um, uh, and is that kind of, and everything that goes along with that, kind of building out the different functions in the marketing department, working with the sales teams, et cetera? Yeah, so it's varied. I mean, I was um, at a a training provider many years ago that had um, a very small marketing element. And when I say small, it was just somebody in the office who did admin that happened to look after a Facebook page. Um, So my role was to come in and grow that uh, into a a marketing function. So at first I was that function. 
Um, and then within three months, we brought in a marketing assistant. We opened out um, additional pages, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, you know, whatever was live at the time, Instagram. Um, I think we even ventured down the roots of Snapchat and WhatsApp. And I think in Chinese markets, we use WeChat. I don't know if you're yep, yep. aware of, yep. of those sort of funnels. But what we then did is it slowly started to build out a, a marketing strategy um, of what the company needs and wants, but also, you know, where are we going to get our business and why do we want to market? Mm-hmm. Um, and then off the back of that, we built all sorts. So we had, you know, digital marketing executives, we had mar- uh, mail marketing executives, we then had social media execs, we did PPC, SEO, website optimization. So it grew. And then, you know, with that company, we had a team of 12 that was managing uh, a business that was turning over roughly about. 86, almost 90 million, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, was a solid return um, for the company. But for us, from a marketing perspective, I think it's so easy to forget marketing. And it's so easy for people to say marketing is a, uh, you know, they just do the nice stuff, put pictures out. Yep. In a recruitment world, they just put job adverts out. That's not the case, you know. And I think resource group, where I was previously, that was exactly what it was. Let's arrive into a company where they were just posting job adverts. Um, and I know we briefly touched on it previously, but there are only so many times you can see an advert with an airplane on it before you start to realize that you're pumping the same content out over yeah. and over and over again. Well, that's interesting because uh, one of the things that I, I think we can interesting to touch on is, um, is, is lazy marketing and that kind of that, that repeat marketing kind of wave. Um, and I know you kind of feel pretty strongly about kind of, uh, you know, that that's, yes. that that's, that's not the, obviously that's not the way to do it, but also that's possibly damaging what we do as well. I think, look, lazy marketing is a huge bugbear for me. I think it's very, very easy just to sort of put something on a repeat ad, go onto one of your HubSpots or, you know, one of your sort of man- content management platforms and just repeat an advert over and over and over again over weeks. Mm-hmm. But I think what that does is, is it just, I think A sort of degrades the market that you're in and, and what a marketeer does. You know, um, businesses now more than ever need to be dynamic, diverse. They need to do, you know, their attraction campaign needs to be almost sort of the best it's ever been because people now are a lot more picky in where they're going to work, you know, and what, who they want to work with. So if we, you know, where I am now at Oakland, we're in a position where we're looking at two sides. We're trying to attract business and attract candidates yeah attract candidates you need to have the you know the right information the right content and it needs to be precise and, and to the point with businesses you need to show them what you're all about you know what you've done wins successes this whole just we can recruit for you and just press a picture of an aircraft you know and, and send send it does nothing yeah. yeah and that's probably done by the fact that marketing divisions now are getting smaller now, and companies think that marketing is an expense that's not needed. Yeah. But what they're not realizing is that the damage that's done by lazy marketing is far worse than, than having a marketing division that's there driving forward. And do you think something uh, like uh, marketing automation is, is driving this lazy marketing? The, the fact that you can, do so, do, you can set something up, press a button, and sit back? Yeah, I think 
I think it's a sign of the times. Everything seems to be going to automation and everybody wants an easy life. And, you know, I hear it now from companies that I talk to that say, oh, yeah, we've got a, you know, a system that we just press a button and over the weekend all our marketing's covered and throughout the week we get our person to load it all on on Monday and then they don't have to do that. So they do a hybrid role between a bit of marketing and a bit of something else. And I think that it is killing it to an extent. You know, I had a, a lady that, you know, I'll, I'll, I will plug her. Her name's Emma was fantastic previously you know in my previous company Mm -hmm. she created content she did the imagery you know she did the job ads she did um, engaging pieces and we used to have as part of our marketing strategy clear cut sort of areas that we wanted to attack and what she did by creating it herself and then uploading it all right she uses a system to post it at a specific time yeah but she's done the hard work Mm. she's not pre-populated a field you know and chosen an image from a you know one of your stock libraries, um, and then picked it out. But what I found with, you know, especially with Emma's work was that she, the content engagement went through the roof. You know, audience followers grow, you know, your, your followers on LinkedIn, Facebook, social grow because people see something different. Yeah. So I think that, you know, automation, there is a place, don't get me wrong. You know, if it helps and supports you. But I think that having somebody engaged and working with you and knowing what, you know, is required it is a paramount need yeah i think the automation piece can't be can't be creative and that's what you still need you need still need a little yeah. bit of creativity in the background it can yeah, handle exactly. the um the the mass mails and the mass send outs and that and, and the kind of yeah. and crunch through the data as well which is important uh the yeah. stuff that as marketeers we don't necessarily want to do but um one of the reasons why we're marketeers is that creativity is that spark that we can bring into a project i think and this is why I think sometimes companies don't realize the importance of hiring the right people. You know, um, it's very easy to go, can you use HubSpot? Can you use this? Can you use that? And, and yes, I can. Great. You're perfect for me. You know, whereas what they should actually have is somebody that can say, yes, I can do that. But I can also, you know, I can work in your InDesigns. I can work with your creative suites. You know, I can do this. I can do that. I think there's nothing more powerful than allowing a marketing person, you know, hmm. to be creative. because. We're not, we're not in marketing just to fill in tick boxes. You know, people go into marketing to, to help a brand grow. Um, and, you know, I think more so now, now than ever, I think I'll, I'll openly say it, marketing's changed a lot since I was, you know, first got into it. And um, Emma at Resource Group really sort of helped me with some of the newer stuff and brought me more into the you know, forefront with that. But what it also allowed me to realise is that old school hands-on approach is it, there's still a huge market for it. I suppose maybe the the kind of flip side of that, and uh, maybe a slightly kind of, uh, maybe a modern approach is, is kind of marketing advocacy, where you get your teams to act as pseudo-marketeers themselves. Yep. Um, uh, and maybe that is something that could be to the detriment of the marketing team. Although my argument was you need, you need someone to manage that, that advocacy and, and that personal branding piece. But some businesses could fall into a trap where they think, right, well, all of our consultants, for instance, are, have great personal brands. They've got, they've got however many thousands of followers and, and connections on LinkedIn, which is, which is a bit old school. But you know what I mean? They've got, have got that. And they've got the ability now to, to market to them, to talk to them, to engage with them. Uh, that's what we do. That's our marketing. We don't actually need a, a full-scale marketing department anymore. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. And I'm, believe it or not, in, in the recruitment world you know it's 
quite a uh, macho is not the word I want to use, but everybody's like, you know, I've got a thousand plus followers or I've got 10,000 this, 10,000 that. And I think that that's great. And I think that what people have to realize is that that network or that profile is that person's, you know, and if they were to up and leave your business tomorrow, that goes with them. Because if they stop sharing any content or stop pushing your brand, that goes. And I think that's why it's so important that a business has a strong identity of its own and doesn't rely upon its say you know sales guys or advisors or whoever to to drive that it should come from the business and be driven outwards mm-hmm. you know a resource group we used to do all the time which was we create the content we create the buzz you know and and sort of the engagement piece and then our staff then can put it out as and how they wish mm-hmm. um, to their to their contacts. And then what you get is like a multi-layered effect where somebody might follow that person, but also follow the company. And, you know, you sort of see it two, three times. And I know there's age old sort of uh, myths about if you see something two, three times, you know, it sticks in your mind. So that's my point is that you can't rely upon these people just to, to drive your brand because, you know, in this day and age, people aren't lasting very long within companies. You know, so, yeah, I think, yes, individual branding is great, but I think the company still has the onus to drive that. Um, and it's interesting we talk about um, LinkedIn, because, again, I know you've kind of got a few kind of um, uh, some strong feelings on, on, on how recruiters use LinkedIn. Um, I, so I'm quite a big fan of being able to personal brand on LinkedIn. I've, I think that me personally have pro- i've probably got a, bit, a better brand on linkedin than i have a, than, than thinking circles has in all honesty um but there's they're they're indistinguishable from from my point of view and i guess that's really where you want to get to with your consultants where you know it's chris from x company it's boom from this company but you have the autonomy to kind of you know engage and do your own thing yep. and, um uh and and post and do all the things that linkedin want you to do beyond actually posting lots and lots of jobs all the time because it's kind of they don't really want you doing that anymore they want you to yeah. use it like a use it like facebook yeah well yeah you're you're right and we funny enough we're talking about in the office this morning about has linkedin slid that way you know um is it going a bit more what we call social media mm. however linkedin still has massive positives from from my perspective i think, I think, that's, right. a, I think that's a positive i think it's kind of going in that is a positive i don't i think yeah. we can if, if we can get away from it being too kind of so sales focused i think that's because yeah linkedin has sales navigator etc if you want to do that stuff you've got you've got your tools to do it but the actual yeah. main site you know is, i think it's a different thing i think there's two things there i think you're right because look you choose to accept a connection from somebody mm-hmm. So you know that nine, nine, nine times out of ten, when that connection request comes in, you see their job, you see what they're doing, you know, you accept that they're going to, at some point, engage with you, potentially, whether that's sales, whether it's, you know, whatever it is. And I get that. And, and you know what? I think it's great because you shouldn't ever shoot anybody down because everybody is just trying to move forward and work and do something. I think the personal branding on LinkedIn is super important. And it's something that I've only really engaged in the last sort of 12 months, really. Because I've always used it almost the opposite of what you said. You know where you said it's Chris from? Mm-hmm. I've always been, well, I work for X, so I am X. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Whereas now, in actual fact, what I've realized is, do you know what? Irrelevant of wherever I go, I'm still me. And I'm still, you know, I have the experience that I have and I have the, the background that I have. And only yet, um, on Friday did an old 
client phone me to say, I know you can't help me because you're not in that sphere at the moment. However, can you shed some light on something? Mm. And that came off me posting stuff in my own, sort of off the, my own back, you know, stuff that I like and enjoy. And they thought, oh, he's still involved. Great. We'll have a chat. And that personal brand, I think, is, is valuable now. However, I think the, the touch point is, is that your personal brand, I mean, for you, I guess, it's quite interesting because you've got thing circles on one side, you've got yourself, mm-hmm. a few other bits, so you've got to sort of play a fine line. But for a lot of individuals, they're employed by a business yep. um, and they probably don't see the value in um, having their own brand, but associating that brand with the business they're with at the time. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a fine line. There's, a, there's definitely a, um, a kind of a, a, a learning that some people have to go through um, and I think that's partly down to if they're comfortable at the business they work at. If, if people if people are enjoying what they do and they're comfortable at the business they work at, then they're more than likely to extol the virtues of working at that business. Um, and I think that's where advocacy and kind of personal branding really kind of um, comes into play. Uh, but that's not just that's not simply um, uh, nurtured by the person itself. It's the business that has to nurture that. The bi- it has to come from the business in the first place. And it has to be quite kind of driven from, from the top to the bottom and back up again, basically. Um, that's how I see kind of personal branding on, on LinkedIn, I think. Also, it depends on what you're looking to get out of LinkedIn. You know, and, and I think you touched on it before about some people are just in it to sell. Yeah. You know, and some people are, are in it to, to use it as a recruiter tool or yeah. as a market, you know, for, for uh, business branding. I think the issue at the moment is is the companies and people, the investment between the two, I think, has got muddied, where you know, 10 years of people working businesses are shorter. So people are finding it harder to get engaged. You know, um, I don't know whether I can say it or not, but my, my wife you know, works at British Airways, mm-hmm. and they did a huge customer piece where um, customer engagement and then a, what they call a staff engagement where they brought all their staff together at a big event, you know, did a big We Are BA, and they really sort of instilled it in them to be BA and be brand ambassadors. And she came away from there, really bought in, and she's been there 10 years. But some of the younger guys and girls that are there, been there a year or two, were like, yeah, you know, I'm just here for the flying, and I might travel a bit, and when I'm done, I'm done. Yeah. But, you know, the point you make is, you, know, you need to make sure that what you're doing is aligned with the business. But BA did the right thing there. They engaged them. They gave them the opportunity so that when they put out the marketing, they can hopefully engage. It's kind of the, the crossover between your employer brand and then your, 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 um, the personal brands of your employees, isn't it? That's where yeah. there's, a, there's an overlap at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one because you're set, I mean, as a company, you're selling to your employees what you're about, you know, and what they should be proud of you know and vice versa then they sell that onwards but also then the company has a job to then sell that to their clients and potential customers to say this is what we're about you know and you can see that being enacted by our staff yeah well they say isn't it you know your your staff should be your best customers isn't it so i've heard many over the years and this is you know i've been in front of ceos that have said we don't need a marketing division because you know the salespeople and the, you know, the ops guys, they'll, they, they'll market for us and vice versa here. I don't need a sales function because everybody should sell. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's not true. Um, no. not so, at all. so I tell, let's, let's pick up on a few things that um, 
I've been talking about on, on, on LinkedIn and I know that you've kind of um, chipped in as well, which has been mm. handy. So um, I was interested in the, the sales and the marketing functions. And I've talked to a few people about this recently. Um, and one, is there a difference? Are they now the same thing? Um, uh, and do we do as marketeers, do we look down on the salespeople and do the salespeople look down on the marketeers? And where's the, where's this kind of difference now? What, what's, is that, is that, is that old hat thinking or is that kind of still the case? Do you think? I think there's a, a couple of points in there, which are really good. I think everybody looks down on sales and marketing. I think, I think sales think marketing is really easy and marketing thinks sales is really easy, you know, and vice versa. Then the business thinks, well, they're both really easy. I don't know why we're spending so much money on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's, it's a difficult position to be in at the moment because there's an ever-increasing demand on marketing to give ROI, you know. this return on investment. There's got to be return on investment. And I think that you've got to be very careful with marketing because there are going to be some things that will not give you a return on investment but are really, really important. You know, if you want to go out there and do mail campaigns and you want to go and do um you know ppc or call to actions and things like that That stuff will drive business you know but like when we did a uh, website refresh you know we we put a whole brand new website for the company to make the customer journey easier um there is no roi on that because you know what how do you pin a number on that Mm. and and the point i make is from a marketing perspective your brand has got better you know, it's easier. Customer experience and journey has got easier. And yes, that leads to more sales. But the point I make is, is that you can't pin a number on it to begin with. And I think that gets lost because people assume marketing have no, you know, no care for sales and sales have no care for marketing. They both need each other. Marketing is what drives your, you know, your exposure of your company, your brand will give you leads Will give you, you know, will give you inbound business. Yeah. I think and sales need to appreciate and understand that. You know, that there is a lot more technical effort that goes into marketing than just flicking something out. Yeah. Um, and also then I think vice versa, sales need to use that as a way to get in front of customers, you know, and help get marketing to support them. We um used a platform that was fantastic as a CRM that you could input customers' social media channels into it. So then when you open their account on the CRM, it would show you what their current activity is. But also then our marketing division would see that and say, right, so, you know, such and such an airline is, is engaged in this, 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 and this. Well, funny enough, we've got a post coming out, so we'll make sure that we tag them in that. And, yeah. you know, do you see what I mean? So there is a, a need to work together. But Well, that neatly leads me into the next kind of piece, which is about account-based marketing, which is something I've been um, – a big advocate for for well at least three months <laughs> right okay. so I, I, basically i'm fairly new to it uh, account-based marketing but since i've kind of um i've really um i really run i like i really run with it I, I i like the idea um it within recruitment it's not something we do a lot of but everything you've just you've basically described is how you go about an account-based marketing campaign is you've yep. got your sales and marketing sales ampersand marketing all working together for the for, for, and aimed at a, a target basically yeah yeah i think that's that's the that's the easiest i mean the best way i can put it to you is this at the moment business is tough you know and i think that you've got to be different but you've also got to be focused and i think that 
account-based marketing works you know works a dream we've just only today last week we proactively targeted a couple of customers that we thought we really want to work with made sure that you know our marketing was precise for them it was showing them what they wanted to see and what they might be looking for um, as well as then the sales team talking you know with a bit their business trying to get things and today we've just agreed terms with a client based on the fact that we told them that we could do x they then saw the marketing coming through saying that we can do x plus you know some um, white papers, a couple of success stories, you know, and that kind of stuff. And what that helped me to do then is to see, well, actually, do you know what? As a business, there is mass worth in this, you know? And I don't know how you find it, but with a lot of companies, they will do business with a client in silos, but not with all of the company. Yeah. And what this has allowed us to do is open out other divisions of with inside companies, other market spaces, because we've got to diversify to ensure that, you know, we're still here. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, traditionally, uh, recruitment is a little slow in, in its uptake on well, most things generally, whether it's business models, whether it's technology. Um, and, and working in silos is, the kind of, is, is an old hat kind of example of what, what tends to happen. Even recruiters are... Um, even working the same the same vertical, not wanting to talk to each other because they don't want to share leads, share commission, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, and the kind of, I think the quicker we can kind of move away from that within within recruitment, the better. When you can get to a stage where everybody understands the value of everybody else, you know, pushing yes. in the right direction. Yeah, I think another valid point you make there about recruiters is I feel like recruitment does get a bit of a bad bad sort of uh, rep. Um, I think it is changing and don't get me wrong, there is a lot out there that is, you know, questionable with their methods and the way they work. But I think you've only got to look at the brands that have been around a while, you know, that are working hard. You you see that their, you know, their marketing will show what they're about and that, you know, their effort will show what they're about. And I think recruitment is starting to go away from this, you know, 50 calls a day, got to hit this many contacts, got to get jobs on, send out a thousand CVs, you know, a minute or whatever it was to now it's a lot more consultative you know how can i help you how can i do this you know and i think this is where the whole mindset of sales and marketing will change in recruitment i think in this and that's one positive that will come out of covid is that you can't afford to be you know throw as much at the wall as i can if it sticks fantastic yeah. whereas now you know quality over quantity yeah. and i think you know companies i don't know whether it's right or wrong but me businesses some businesses in recruitment are thriving in this yes. uh, you know why not you know fantastic fair play to them for getting um what's, what's the word on the horse quick enough to yeah. see that they need to change you know and i think you're right the old hat recruitment way is probably not going to survive in in this sort of period um and i'm glad you mentioned about um recruitment consultants being more consultative i mean i've it's one of the things i have bashed on about with, with the businesses we work with for a long time is is don't call them consultants if they're not going to be consultative you know and that's their, their recruitment sales at that point not necessarily recruitment consultants um and i've always believed that they should be much more consultative and uh and yeah of course you're, you're, you're it's a sales function you can't get away from that but there's definitely the the reason why good consultants work really well is because they understand their markets not they just it's not that they necessarily always got the gift of the gab, but they understand the market and who they're selling to. Yeah, I think you're, you know, you're, at the moment, people are buying relationships and they want to be, you know, with somebody who they feel is invested, you know, in their business. And, you know, I've, 
I've just been through, you know, and I know we discussed before we went on, on air that, you know, I've, I've just been through redundancy and, you know, no bad feelings towards my previous company, fantastic company and what they do. The clients are amazing. I've come across to my new business that I'm with now and all the old clients are, you know, reaching out, want to, you know, wish you, wish you well. And, and the point I make is, is that, and I guess it, this does go back to personal brand as well, you know, where this consultative approach works because people know that if you're going to work with them, you're going to give them, you know, uh, an honest and thoughtful um, product and, and service. Whereas, I, you know, if I was to go down the old recruitment way, you, you just wouldn't get that. Um, up until a few years ago, I still had recruiters telling me they still wanted to work from Rolodex. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you know, so here's a question for you. I'll flick it back to you. Okay. So we, we got, I got asked uh, on Friday, do you think the business card is dead? Um, yes, I do. I think the yeah. business card is dead. Uh, I, I've, uh, so if I got, I think something like, I think 500 business cards set kind of created when I started the business, uh, that was eight years ago. Um, I've still got some of them because I just end up not giving them. I never, t- I forgot to take them anywhere. I didn't take them. Um, and coming back to our old friends at, at LinkedIn, everyone I meet, my, our core audience is on LinkedIn. So you either can look them up on LinkedIn or you can do the clever thing where you scan their, scan their QR code on the, on the app and stuff like that. So yeah, it, it probably yeah, it's, much I, Only because we, we had somebody come for an interview last week with a uh, like a book like a big book full of business cards you know <laughs> and you just think to yourself crikey i didn't even i mean me especially i don't even have a business card anymore because you know i i went to an event just pre-covid where somebody um i was talking to all of a sudden just air dropped me their business card you know and things like that are just yes. so, like you said it's just moved forward so i think the rolodex era is is coming to an end thank god although i am sad um, maybe, i don't know i think i don't know we can save the planet one one business card at a time if we can if we can move away from <laughs> that i think you know let's start the motion now shall we <laughs> yeah to ban the business card um yeah. chris it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today uh, thank Great. you for joining me uh, it has been insightful and i'm sure everybody listening is going to going to get is going to be able to take something from this no i really appreciate it it's been good fun thank you You've been listening to the Marketing Rules Podcast from Thinking Circles. Available on all major podcasting platforms, including Apple and Spotify. Just search the Marketing Rules Podcast or visit www.themarketingrules.com. To work with James or Thinking Circles, visit www.thinkincircles.com. Podcast is a Thinking Circles production.